If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Is this going to be an injection where I can reverse aging in myself? Can I control how far back I'll go? This on? Hello? Hello? We're all science people. Science! Exactly. We know it's a good idea because it's lasted. We can teach kids and they get it. There's chemistry in here. There's biology in here. It's in whiskey. It's in ice cream. It's in who you fall in love with. That's the recipe for success. We can make the world better for everybody. Starting now. Welcome to Science Rules. I'm your host, Bill Nye. This is the show where science rules. It's a call-in show, and if you want to be on the show, and I hope you do, keep up with me on the electric internet to find out when to call. And as always, you can also send us your questions and comments at askbillnye.com. And I am joined, of course, also by science writer, editor, and dear friend, Corey S. Powell. Greetings, Corey. Hello, Bill. It's great to be here. I don't know about you, but I don't want to die. I don't even want to grow old. Uh, Bill, can you help me? Can you find somebody who can help me? Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> because joining us today is a biologist and a pioneer in the science of aging, Dr. Michael West, founder of several biotech companies, including Geron and Advanced Cell Technology. He's now the founder and CEO of AgeX Therapeutics. And... He's working to keep us all from getting old, Corey. All right. Dr. Okay. West, I'm, I'm feeling better already. Welcome, it's a welcome. To be here. Thank you for taking the time. Now, what we all want to, I mean, nobody wants to die, right? Why not? Well, just, well that's, that's a whole other question, but that's more there, philosophical. <laughs> there's certain people I wouldn't mind. Am I right? So, uh, with that said, you had a profound experience when your father died. Oh, yeah. Had a heart attack? Um, you know, you guys love science. I think a lot of the listeners of your show probably do. I, I grew up believing, not only just loving science, but I recognized profoundly the power of science to solve seemingly unsolved problems. And when I saw uh, the loss of my own father, I thought, you know, this this is a problem we've got to solve. And I thought we could approach it scientifically. But you grew up with the, the very optimistic time of the uh, landings on the moon and... Uh so on Sputnik. Sputnik, yeah. 57. 57. Yeah. 19, October 4th, 1957. Boy, a good memory. Yeah. Well, that's a space thing. So, uh, yeah. but with that said, you had this intense optimism 
and you had a science lab as a kid. Yeah. And, uh, you must have read my book. Yeah, I did. Is that okay? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and I read, you know, and then, uh, but you embraced science, you, you had a, you had a religious period. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I went through phases. You know, we all do, right? No, but for me, it was a, it was a logical thing. So um, I started out as a scientist, but then I was, you know, some of my friends, just remember back in the, um, in the uh, early 70s, the, the, the Jesus movement? It was an well, evangelical around. way. No, but it was a, it was a phenomenon, really, uh, in the United States. Right. And all my friends were you know, toting Bibles around. And I was really interested in, in religion. and Jesus Christ I, superstar, for example. Uh, yeah, that same era. Very pop, and, right, and, exactly. and where, where were you living at the time? Michigan, the okay. Midwest, right mm-hmm. in the, well, the upper part of the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, so I thought that if there was, um, you know, a supernatural origin of life, that it should show up somewhere in the, uh, the fossil record you know, somewhere in the history of life on earth. So I really got into uh, studying the Bible and Hebrew and Greek and then uh, paleontology. My master's degree was in paleobiology. And boy, I just came up bankrupt uh, in that regard. I, I I saw no evidence of there's nothing there. There's no good, <laughs> there's no good evidence for certainly creation, but for any evidence of supernatural intervention and you know evolution is just rock solid true (laughs) Uh, i mean was that a crisis for you yes yeah what did that feel like so imagine a a vase with nothing in it okay and then you take the vase away you you see the shape of the emptiness and i thought wow you know i just lost the person i one of the people i held most dear in this world your dad, and I, my dad, and I said, and you know, none of these uh, stories, like I believed, uh, you know, the, the whole Christian story was true. I, I felt that when you die, you you die, and it, that the sense of that loss and that emptiness is really what drove me to say, you know, not only is the biology of aging, uh, which is killing everybody, <laughs> um, an interesting scientific problem. But it's really fundamental to the human condition. It's probably the greatest calling science and medicine could ever be drawn to, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's why, and since it was the greatest ever, you thought, let's go for that. I like challenges. <laughs> you know, we all so, do. But a fundamental idea, I mean, in well, you talk about the fossil record. Hmm. Something that seems to be built in is senescence or yeah. uh, aging. It's a death. history of death. Right, everything dies. The fossil dies. record is, a, they're all dead animals. So with this said, yeah. I have always wondered, uh, this a thing you do when you're a mean-spirited kid, I would never do it. But my sort of distant cousin Lee. You heard about somebody who yeah, did. Yeah, would take the claw off a crab mm. yeah. in, the, in the Chesapeake Bay, right. and the crab would grow a new claw. Yeah. Like, what in, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I hope I could, if I ever need to, I hope I could do that. Right. So uh, isn't this part of your big story? If you yeah, can regenerate is. this, why not regenerate everything? Yeah. You have to start somewhere. So where do you begin uh, trying to understand something that most people, most scientists said was an unsolvable problem? Well, just intuitively, look, everything that lives dies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like, what, what a lot there. of scientists and even some of my colleagues uh, have always said is, 
uh, there's a fundamental principle in, in science, and that's the second law of thermodynamics, oh, right? Oh, it sucks. So everything it's, falls apart, yes, basically. Yes, it just sucks. And it's, it's, we're all running out. down. We're all running down. It's a, it's a rule of nature. It's a, it's a law just, of science, right? So, arrow of time goes one way. Okay. We're all time travelers <laughs> going one way. But that's wrong in the case of science, in the case of life. So it's not wrong. No, uh, but good. It, no, I get you. Go for it. We, we don't get into the second law, but we are made of cells, right? These little things you see in the microscope swirling around in pond water. We're made of trillions of those that are all kind of glued together to make the body. And we're made from a lineage of those. Uh, we all know the birds and the bees, right? We were made from a sperm and egg cell uh, that, and from our parents. And then the sperm and egg cell that made our parents goes that lineage of cells to be connected to dots, so to speak, uh, goes back for billions of years. So we're made of a lineage of cells that have never died for billions of years. Well, what about the second law? Yeah, what about that, Corey yeah. Powell? Uh, uh, Dr. West, what, what about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, the, but the key, a key, you would say, is there's been energy coming in from the sun all this time. Yeah, so... And the primordial heat of the earth. And so, so there uh, we go. One scientist put it this way. He said, you know, reversing aging is like unscrambling an egg, right? And then another scientist countered that in, uh, I think it was in Science or Nature, and says, oh, there is a way to unscramble an egg. Let the hen eat the egg, right? <laughs> I like that. Right. It's a little cannibalistic. Well, okay. I'm with you. I'm with anyway, you. So the point is, biology has found a way of perpetuating life indefinitely, because that's what life is we babies make young baby make adults that make mm -hmm. more young babies and make and so on we're proliferating for billions of years how do they do that when all of the cells in our body that make up our loved ones like you talked about my father you know he his blood his bone his skin cells all have had a clock of aging built into them Mm -hmm. And some people, that clock gets set wrong. You've seen these children with progeria that grow old when they're well, 12. Well, uh, you've talked about it. It's, it's yeah. creepy. Yeah. So there's but, something. But with that said, yeah. uh, even when I'm uh, living my life running around, my blood cells die every couple of days, right? Yeah. That's yeah. part of the deal. Yeah. But what we're talking about is a clock of aging that is built into the DNA of cells. It's in a little region we call the telomere. And sort of like a burning fuse can be a clocking mechanism. And the cells in our body, we call them somatic cells, all um, pr pretty much all have that clock ticking away. So a somatic cell is a body cell, not a sex cell. That's right. That's, uh, that's, that's the first shorthand. fundamental distinction. And so what I was interested in, so I got to start somewhere. Why is it that this, these germline lineage of cells are immortal, we say, that meaning they don't age, uh, whereas all the cells in our body are mortal. So I did kind of a high-risk thing. You mentioned this company, Geron, years ago. Um, I was in the midst of uh, my medical training, and I decided to uh, start a biotech company on a gamble. And the gamble was we could find the gene that makes cells immortal. And so and it, what, it, what's, it, what's an sorry, example uh, of an immortal cell? Well, of course, uh, the sperm and egg cells can perpetuate the species forever. It's sort of riding that immortal lineage. Yeah. The most well-known, in fact, the only immortal, normal immortal cell ever identified is the human embryonic stem cell. Let me pause you for a second. What is the difference between a stem cell and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a germ cell? You know, they, yeah. they, these, 
you're sort of using these terms kind of interchangeably. Yeah. Well, well it's just imagine in your mind the branches of a tree. So a cell that can branch, you know, into other twigs is, uh, is a stem cell. And, uh, so it's stem in the sense that it's, it's down at the it, base of the cap- tree. It's capable of becoming more than one cell. Yes. So, so anyway, yeah. So if you go all the way back in that tree, these are cells that are capable of making more sperm and egg or any cell in the body. And so they have this immortality gene turned on to, so they think, oh, we might need to make humans So forever. this is after a, an egg cell is fused as a yeah. sperm is fertilized. Yeah, for a few, yeah. So using all of that, those clues, kind of like, I don't know, Sherlock Holmes following a trail of clues, it eventually led us to understand the fundamental clocking mechanisms of aging and now you may have heard, I mean, it's kind of in the news, it's breaking really as we speak. Uh, scientists now believe that all of this aging uh, that we used to think of as inevitable wear and tear is actually reversible. But we know enough about aging now. We could potentially not just understand it, but intervene in it and reverse the aging of cells. Not, we know we can reverse the aging of cells in the laboratory dish, but what's sort of the breaking news right now is labs around the world are starting to implement this in animals and they see evidence of the reversal of aging in an animal itself. So an animal's getting younger, like Benjamin Button or somebody. Yeah. Science Rules will be right back. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Rapatha.com or call 1-844-RAPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Rapatha. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You're listening to Science Rules. Bill, you know, you know who, I, who I think could help us asking these questions? A caller. A caller? I think a caller could help a us caller asking these questions. A caller from the outside thinking deep thoughts? Yes, could as a matter of fact. Could take it up a notch? So, uh, wow, caller out there. I, I believe we have Ben on the line. And Ben, where are you calling from? I'm uh, calling from Vermont. So what's, what's your question? So uh, my question is about more like the ethical issues about the use of these, these stem cells. So uh, this is an old question. Now, years ago, uh, I got a little, I did a, some stories on this. And 
the best stem cell, the best cell that's uh, poly or pl plenty potent that pl can do pluripo any, pluripotent pluripotent can do any job mm -hmm. is the newly fertilized or fused egg, right? right Which yeah. divides into sixteen eggs before you can tell anything. Yeah, some cells, yeah. Right. And so there was the ethical question, which I believe Ben is driving at, is is it ethical to take a newly fertilized human cell mm. and do something with it? <clears throat> or is there another source of stem cells that's less controversial? Take yeah, it, there, there are. Dr. West. Um, now there's, in, I, th I think, entirely non-controversial sources of essentially the same cell type. They're called induced pluripotent stem cells. So what we can do using the same age, re age reversal technology I just described, we can take a cell from like a 120-year-old person. In fact, that 110-year-old person has been already done, a skin cell, let's say, mm -hmm. and take it back in time using this technology to these same cells that can make all the cells of the human body and could even make a young baby. Uh, well, well, like so, a clone. So, so not, not only do you not need to use a fertilized egg, right. it doesn't matter how old you are. You can still run yeah, the clock it, backward. It, it's all reverse. All so you say this technology. Yeah. What is this? Ben, what is this technology, doctor? What is this? Instead of using an embryo, instead of using cloning, now we can do all this with just molecules. So we don't need an egg cell. We don't need an embryo, but we can transport a cell back in time just because we found the molecules within the egg cell that are like the key that rewinds the clock. And it so actually, it changes the DNA or what, is, what do the molecules do that, yeah. that makes a cell young again? We, basically what they are is transcription factors. They're little protein, they make little proteins that uh, find locations in the DNA and turn on the switch. All right, so Ben Ben's asking, if I, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're asking what's the current state of stem cell research, right? Yeah. All right, so. Yeah, exactly. So then, Doctor, you were born, I think, in the 20th century. Yeah. And with respect. Make that sound so long ago. <laughs> yeah. With respect. You we're look back in the 20th you century. You look like it. <laughs> so is this going to be an injection where I can reverse aging in myself? Can I control how far back I'll go? Yeah. So, you know, lots of unanswered questions there. Dosage. Uh, numbers of treatments and so on. Um, what do you inject uh, it I, into I, your bloodstream? What do you? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll speculate and say that, given that most of this work is being done in biotech companies with FDA, you know, plans for FDA oversight, trials, and so on. I imagine that um, the way this is going to work is we're going to target initially one tissue in the body, you know, like the heart. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned regeneration. The exciting thing about this is uh, we think we can reverse aging back to the point where tissues can regenerate, something we had when we were very young. Mm -hmm. when, the first week, uh, Bill, after you were born, if you had a heart attack, your heart would just regrow. No scarring, it just regrows. After about a week, that ability gets turned off. Hey, Ben, this is a great call, man. Thanks. Uh, thank you for taking yeah. the time. You started us down oh, yeah. an amazing road of amazingness. Did, it, uh, did you get... Do you feel like he gave you some, uh, Dr. West gave yes. you some answers? Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Ben. Uh, so uh, let's take another call. Lorraine, are you out there? Hi. Uh, where are you calling from? I am calling from Vancouver, B.C., in Canada. Yeah, it's glorious and free. Yes, it is. <laughs> so you have a question. I do. Um, what, with the importance of stem cells, especially with, um, I guess you could say, when children are born and everything like that, and the umbilical cords, 
why is it that it's not as common knowledge and widely spread to especially new parents? I, I didn't find out about the importance of it until close to when my kids were born. And then I was being asked if I wanted to store their stem cells to be charged for it. So you're talking about storing stem cells from the placenta. Is that or, what or, or from like from cord, yeah. cord blood cells? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Are, are you also wondering why it costs money to store them? Well, it's more if it's so needed, especially to help because it can help with cancer and everything like that. If it's so needed, why is there not as much knowledge for it? And why is it being requested to be stored at a cost to people? Right. Uh, okay, so stand by. So, Dr. West, how do you feel about placental stem cells? Well, you want the straight scoop? No, we, no, we, make, we, make some. No, yes, yes of course. Let's, let's, you're here. How about That's some straight what, scoop? Um, Lorraine, okay. here you go. Okay. So I'm not necessarily speaking about every group out there offering this or that stem cell, but um, I think if you search the Internet, you know, look at uh, FDA and uh, adult stem cell clinics, You'll see that um, this is United States Federal uh, the, the Food and Drug Food and Administ- Drug Administration. Yeah. She's in Canada, but it's, there's an analog. Right, right. Well, anyway, so you, what you'll see is there's sort of an unfortunate thing that's occurred here. So all the notoriety about um, stem cells really began in 2001 when President Bush gave his first national address on the human embryonic stem cell, and uh, what happened was people made this connection with aging. So a whole cottage industry uh, uh, rose up of groups saying, hey, you know, uh, you heard of stem cells? Well, we've got stem cells. Well, I said, what is a stem cell? The cell that can branch into more than one cell type. Well, there's cells in the cord, the umbilical cord of a baby that are blood stem cells. They can branch out to make Mm -hmm. the different types of blood cells. But what these groups say is, we heard of stem cells. They don't distinguish between these all-powerful stem cells and the uh, blood-forming stem cells. And there's ways that people found to work around FDA and say, hey, you can have stem cells now. Mm-hmm. And we take Visa and MasterCard. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a lot of um, you know people trying to make money off this industry without you know making the regenerative therapies that many of us envision to, you know, repair the problems of Parkinson's disease and heart failure that are real therapeutics that require FDA approval. Let me ask you this. You're talking about, uh, doctor, so, and Lorraine, I think this is, as we say, to your point. Let's say that she has kept her baby's blood Mm -hmm. stem cells preserved somehow carefully. And then my old professor, Carl Sagan, Mm. died of a blood cancer. Mm -hmm. Would it be possible then, if the blood is the problem in this cancer, uh, type of cancer, right. would it be possible to have preserved his or somebody's blood cell, stem cell, stem blood mm-hmm. cell, and mm-hmm. then replace or yeah. improve the blood? Yeah. Now, that, that's more of a absolutely, you know, legitimate use of blood stem cells. Um, it's, it's not as crazy as it might it, sound. Right. I mean, there is a, that's a, blood stem cells are real. Many of you may have had friends that had bone marrow transplants mm-hmm. or, uh, blood transfusions, you know, I mean, there's real medicine there, but, um, there's also, of course, the ever present, uh, exploitive, to, yeah, yeah, to try to say these cells could cure Parkinson's mm-hmm. disease or whatever without any, uh, clinical 
evidence-based medicine. Okay, speaking of Parkinson's disease, mm. uh, Lorraine, thank you, by the way. That's a, a great a call, thank and we you. got to expose, uh, potentially expose some potential pseudoscience, which is always good to be exposed, uh, in my opinion, Perfect. because <laughs> critical thinking is the key to our future. Awesome, thank you. Thank you, thank Lorraine. You. So, Dr. West, you talked you talked about uh, Parkinson's disease. It is my understanding that nerve cells and brain cells only reproduce a very limited fashion, right. seldom, seldom, now yeah. and then. Then what's everybody afraid of now is Alzheimer's, yeah. is uh, loss of brain function, and there's, uh, there's drugs being marketed to, to improve your memory and so on. Would it be possible, since you're targeting, let's say we're targeting heart cells that uh, have die, I guess, and they you hope we hope to regenerate those with some stem cells yep. would it be possible to regenerate or uh, brain cells or find the brain cells that aren't working so well and replace them or regenerate them with new stem cell induced brains yeah you know one of the uh, early uh, advocates of we say stem cells but it was really embryonic stem cells was nancy reagan you may remember mm -hmm. so um uh, because her husband had dementia. Yeah, Ronald Reagan had uh, Alzheimer's disease. and uh, Was it strictly Alzheimer's or was it another form of dementia? I don't know. I assumed yeah. it was just classic yeah. Alzheimer's. Um, Michael J. Fox was uh, in, in Mary Tyler Moore. Or, you know, right. Fox in, for Parkinson's, Mary Tyler Moore for diabetes. But the, when uh, Nancy Reagan uh, advocated embryonic stem cells saying, you know, someday it may help people that, like my husband – um, people in the scientific community were a little nervous because that was the one thing we couldn't think of how to use stem cells for. I mean, how, how to get so, in, how to get into yeah, the brain? I mean, you know, heart failure, kidney failure, liver failure, Parkinson's, uh, arthritis. Many of these we thought conventional you know, plumbing. It's yeah, replacing. It's kind of like an old car where you put on a new tire and an antique car. We could imagine putting young cells into various tissues to solve a lot of problems. Alzheimer's back then, we didn't quite know how to approach that with a stem cell-based approach. I would say that's changing, though. Now we're With the evolving understanding of Alzheimer's disease, which has taken quite a while to understand, we're beginning to see that there may be some stem cell-based applications for Alzheimer's. Well, this is a great question, because if you even if you have regenerative medicine that can keep the body young, are we making progress in figuring out how to keep the, the brain young? Yeah, so Bill mentioned that tied up in all this biology— is that, that we lose the ability to regenerate that these simple organisms uh, have. We had it when we were very young, but then we turn it all off. So um, Not on purpose. Yeah. The, well, I'm trying to remember. Was it uh, Aristotle? No, it's Francis Bacon that that mentioned years ago. He made the observation that you uh, cut yourself. You have a wound when you're young. It heals very quickly. Yeah. As you get older, it heals slowly. And he thought that was telling us something, and that's this loss of regeneration we see with age. So being able to turn that regeneration back on may be an important component. In so, but here, fundamentally, while we're talking about Francis Bacon and his observation of the fast healing cut, or uh, my nephew broke his arm and it healed much more quickly than it would in my case, hmm. this is where the kid is growing. So yeah. that per that person is adding a bunch of cells every day. It's yeah. crazy. That's why you got to take naps. You're just adding cells like yeah. nuts. Yeah. So when you're adding cells, it's my, it seemed intuitively it seemed easier to repair yeah. a skin wound, for yeah. example. Yeah. Stick around for more science rules after this. 
Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Science Rules is back. What the current consensus is, is, is that aging is an anti-cancer mechanism. So if cells have a finite lifespan built into them, uh, it allows us to live long enough to reproduce. So it's a self- selfish gene idea, right? So it allows us to reproduce, get our babies grown up, but then the cells run out of uh, replicative lifespan. And so if you start getting a cancer, uh, the cancer will uh, run out of the ability to replicate and stop. Mm-hmm. But unless it turns on this immortalizing gene, telomerase, uh, in which case then the cancer is, you know, you can hit it with chemotherapy, you can hit it with surgery, radiation, and if there's one cell left behind, it'll grow back because the cells no longer uh, age. So the current view in the gerontology community is that we age, um, you know, we're not making judgments on the uh, the worldview of many that, you know, it's because of the misdeeds of someone in the past that we all oh, age oh. and die. But it, we're, it, we're saying that oh, biologically I mean, it, we age because um, it's nature's way of helping prevent cancer. And that in evolution, they, nature didn't care what happens after that's we the thing. That's the thing about evolution. So I know. It just sucks. It though. doesn't. <laughs> it, you only have to be good enough. Yeah. You don't have to, to be extraordinary. Yeah. Right. We're not, so we're not evolving toward perfection, which a lot, so, of, a lot of people have this so idea in their So in other heads. words, if we didn't have – and by the way, are you – do you consider yourselves in alignment with the community of gerontologists? Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. No, I, so right. of aging study people. So yeah. along this line, the argument is, as I understand it, if you didn't have – if organisms like us didn't have the built-in clock wear out and die feature, yeah. we'd all get cancer and never function and couldn't reproduce yeah, mice, kids. Mice have, have kids. loose expression of this gene and they get cancer typically in a couple of years and die. Yeah. Mice do? Yeah. A loose expression. Yeah, so telomerase can be turned on pretty easily in a mouse. Now, telomerase, that sounds like an enzyme. It is. is. So telomerase... When it ends in an ASE. ...makes the telomere. So it's... um, What's a telomere? Telomere is like a... a You mentioned earlier, it's like a cap on your DNA? Yeah, so we always say it's like the caps on the end of your shoelaces. Mm -hmm. It's the... The the DNA is strands, right? Mm -hmm. It's like threads, and they have ends. And um, they shorten like a burning fuse or... uh, short, you know, a candle burning on both ends, I guess. And um, telomerase recreates that uh, end. Uh, it, it's like a key that winds an old antique clock. And so if telomerase is present, cells don't age. And, it, it keeps uh, kind of like rebuilding that cap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that, uh, that was where, a fun where experiment. Where do I go get yeah. some telomerase? Yeah, so telomerase code. So there's all these uh, telomerase.com. We were just doing research on telomeres, hadn't yet cloned the gene. It was actually my wife that cloned the gene. That's how I met her at at Geron years ago. And um, we were just doing the basic research, and already a major, I won't name, um, cosmetics company said, Come get your telomere cream, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, And, um, right. So there's, again, a lot of misinformation out there, but. 
there are groups, uh, including my own company, working on uh, therapeutics to utilize this immortalizing gene. Not necessarily with the goal of making people immortal, although I don't have a problem with that, but more with the goal of extending health span and uh, you know, reversing uh, uh, different diseases of aging. Wow. If we reverse aging, at what age do we bring a person to? Like, how far back do you reverse it? Mm. Yeah, do you yeah. have to go, if the baby is regenerating his or her heart when she's one week old, that's a ways back. I would forget a lot of stuff. Right, I'm not sure I'd want to reverse back to the, the first week. I didn't see this movie, Benjamin Button, but that's what it was about, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The guys that made that movie came and interviewed me and um, brought me into this motel room, which I thought was really odd, and put a, in a chair and a camera in front of yeah, me that's and a very, light. Yeah, that's very traditional. Uh, yeah, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know people did that. Anyway, um, and they asked me that same question. I didn't know why at the time. Um, so it wouldn't make any sense to try to reverse uh, the developmental processes of aging to make you a baby again. In fact, I don't think that's how it would work. What would happen is we'd reverse aging almost certainly back to a, a state of young, uh, you know, uh, um, adolescence, a young adulthood, uh, mm -hmm. mid-20s or something, which would be quite ideal. I God, you could play the outfield your whole life. You know, the, the thing is... Um, in the history of science and discovery, many times what we think will be the future never comes about. When I grew up, remember um, the Jetsons? Yeah, flying car. We still don't have these robots doing the dishes in the house and all this sort of thing, but right? Dishwashers yeah, work so much better Rosie than Rosie the robot, to. we're still centuries away. Nobody, uh, knows how, nobody knows how far away we but, are, but, but we're nowhere close. But then, but then things that we think would, would not happen. Like I noticed a lot of science fiction, uh, you know, Star Trek is in the year yeah, like, yeah. 2300. What else does your communicator do? Yeah. How many apps they, on your communicator? They do teletransportation, <laughs> right? And all this, but they're still growing old, you know? And that's where I think it's an interesting phenomenon that we're really poor at predicting the future. And I think one of the biggest surprises uh, that society is going to have to adjust to is that we're really going to be able to profoundly intervene in aging, something that no one saw coming. And the impact on our society, I mean, that's that's a big one. Uh, that so, would be big. So you were describing, let's say, you know, you know, a targeted regeneration, like <clears throat> you want to regenerate heart tissue, yeah. for instance, you mentioned. Uh, that's where I'll begin. Right. So once you have that therapy, then is your heart endlessly self-regenerating no, or I, do you need repeat therapies well we're going we're, we plan to induce this regenerative state and reverse aging transiently because i'm worried about cancer okay. If okay. Indeed, what do you cancer, mean by transiently so we we um re it's like um uh if you're rewinding an old antique clock with this key and this key is these new drugs that would accomplish this you don't want to overwind the clock. Oh, no. Because that would cause cancer. Yeah. So you rewind the clock and then you, start, so you stop winding, mm. you know? Mm. So you transiently, temporarily um, turn the clock back and then you take away these agents. All right. So I'd like to talk again briefly about me. Okay. So uh, I was on uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh, wow. All right. Things were going very well, sort of-ish. Tore my quadriceps tendon. <laughs> Fell right almost on my face. Oh, Down. Sorry. Done. International television. I'm done. Go to the sports medicine guy. Uh -huh. And he says, we can try this. A lot of athletes are doing this. It seems to work. You would be one more datum on the great mm. uh, collection of data here at the sports medicine clinic. They extracted some blood, mm. spun it down to yeah. get platelets. Yeah. 
re-injected the platelets with care. The guy had an ultrasound looking at a the specific place on my quadricep tendon, which is above my knee, our knees, squirted it in there, and I didn't need surgery. I recovered mm-hmm. uh, okay over the it took really more than two years for the scar tissue to to noticeably disappear or to disappear where you couldn't notice it rather. Yeah. Is that related or nothing to do with it? Where you introduce a concentration of healing of, of cells that do repair. Yeah. So the it's it's trying it's sending signals to the injured tendons or mm-hmm. muscles in, in in your body that you ought to regenerate. The problem is the body has largely lost that ability. It's not an all or none thing actually. It's a spectrum as we yeah. like to say. Right, right. So uh, th- th- that uh, platelet rich plasma or whatever the approach they use there was an attempt to tell the body to regenerate. Uh, the problem is the body's, you know, turned that off. And so uh, so the the data out there, as far as I know, is, you know, kind of equivocal. No well, this is what this sport, sure and, he, and he's a scientist. The, right. the doctor is like, this seems to work. Uh, and we since it costs almost nothing, yeah. we'll just do it. It took the right. guy 10 minutes. Yeah, it's an easy procedure. Well, so, so Dr. West, we're, we're asking you to predict the future, mm. not the far future, but the future that you're trying to make happen as the next thing. So how do we get there? If, you know, for instance, is there something about these platelets? <laughs> no, no, seriously, that just being near to them. So if you had this injury in your heart, you had a heart attack, yeah. how would you put the telomerase or whatever the yeah. heck it is in there? Would so. it be injecting it with an ultrasound, watching where the needle goes or some other... So where it seems to be going is where we kind of began this detective story, which is that there's some cells in human biology, not animal biology, not crabs, not lobsters, human biology, that allows cells to escape aging, right? And to regenerate the human species forever. We call it the the germline. And using modern DNA technologies, we've been able to, uh, faster than anyone would have imagined, really, uh, learn the secrets of the immortality of the germline, and we're translating that into the body. And uh, so we're, we're using actually the genes and the pathways that allow life to perpetuate itself, well, demonstrably for billions of years. You know, it's a really powerful technology. But another thing about evolution, body. hang on, another thing about evolution is change is built in. Yeah. So right. if you're doing this, aren't you freezing it? This gets into yeah. the question of cloning. And we're kind of freezing you? it anyway, right? I mean, so... If, you know, you're born with a birth defect or whatever, uh, you know, medicine's intervening and normally those children would have died early and not reproduced. So well, we've, we've well, kind of frozen evolution. Well, we're, we're creating different selection pressures. Uh, right. I mean, there's no way to stop it, but we're changing but the inputs. The, the heck with evolution. So the, the goal, the goal, the guy brought us here. Here we are. Hey, watch your language. So, this is a family show. So, I know. So... Um, that's not really a family don't show. Don't you think? Okay. <laughs> what, what, what do we really want out of, out of our lives and, and the world? Do we want a world where, you know, this aimless process of evolution is directing our future as humanity? Or do we want to say our love and compassion for our fellow human being and making lives better for people we care for is our guiding principle, not this random selective pressure of evolution? And I think that's what's going to make humanity great is applying science and technology for the benefit uh, and welfare of our of our loved ones i think that's that's our guiding line it should that be is profound line. well as you know you're it's that's great 
that's either the sound of profundity or it's time for the lightning round. Okay. Oh, it's time. For, it's time for the lightning round. This so is that's where the we, sound of thunder. This doctor. is this is where we this is where we ask you quick questions and you give quick answers. Okay, I'll try. What part of your body would you want to repair? I guess my brain. Your brain. <laughs> sure. Right. How soon will I be able to visit my doctor and get regenerated? Ten mm. years. Five years, hundred years depends on how many scientists. Uh, you know, we could have gone to the moon. You said you worked with Carl Sagan. We could have gone to the moon, but with a handful of people and engineers, we we still wouldn't have been there. So it's I can't predict. Uh, would you want to live forever? Uh, you know, I don't think about that, and that sounds stupid. I, I I want my loved ones to live forever. That's why I do what I do myself. Um, but I guess what's the alternative, right? <laughs> a thousand years. <laughs> you have a better, you have a better yeah, idea. You get a thousand years, two hundred years. Uh, you know, just I, an extra I, ten I years. You said, you said short answers, but I don't buy this mm-hmm. idea that we'll all get bored if we extend our lifespans. I, I just life can't, is not, amazing. I but, can. I can't. Well, I think imagine. we do agree. What we want is a high quality of life. Of course. Yeah. Right. Oh, but that's a good point. By the way. Way. Everyone thinks that we're talking about making people live longer in a more decrepit state, and that is not the goal of modern aging research. It's to extend health span. I love uh, that word. So suppose I had a pet dog I love so very much. Is uh, cloning the dead dog a good idea? Um, yeah, I've had friends that have cloned their their, their pets. Repet, remember that? Um, an old Schwarzenegger movie. Um, they're quite happy with them, so... So I can tell you a story. You want to hear a story about? Yeah, sure. sure. Yes. There Lightning was a family. There was a family in Texas. I won't name the name. Who had a um, an animal called Chance? Uh, it was a Brahma bull, I think. Mm-hmm. It was a pet animal, really. Okay, a pet and, bull. And it died. And then they learned about cloning. And then they said, "Hey, you know what? We there was a skin sample taken from this animal, from our pet, and they gave it to a local cloning uh, lab, and they cloned." Now, this sounds like a joke. It's not. They cloned him and they called him Second Chance. I'm not kidding you. Why not? Look it up on the (laughs) internet. And the uh, professor brought the animal to their farm and they opened the gate. And all of a sudden, the family, they're all just crying. And he says, well, you know what? what?" And they said, you wouldn't know this, but there was a little hill in the backyard where Chance always sit and sun. And Second Chance went right for that same hill and sat down in the same exact spot. Something and, uh, deep in Chance's DNA that yes. wanted the sun at just a certain intensity and angle and this like that. Yeah. Now, I have another question, uh, unlightning related, uh, more of a steady drizzle. Uh, so, Dolly the sheep was cloned, mm. astonishing thing, mm-hmm. and her telomeres are somehow mm. shorter, yeah. right? Then she's had offspring that are frolicking in the Scottish Hills even now. Uh, more clones. And yeah. they're clones. Right. Are their telomeres normal? I haven't heard. That's a good question. And why uh, That's why they were cloned, by the way. Um, I, to I, see what would happen. I used to collaborate with Keith Campbell, the guy that cloned Dolly. Um, and I think it was uh, an, a mistake. The, the original paper was published... By just, mistake, you mean they, bad, they didn't uh, measure telomeres wrong or something? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what we we published the paper a year later in science that showed, in at least in cows... A cloning reset this clock of aging even further than your normal. So the animals are born younger than young, and that's what people generally see today in cloning. So and they seem to and they seem to have normal lifespans. Yes, correct. They do. Yeah. And so this could, I mean, just in the case. And of she ad- didn't die from premature aging. We know that. 
But she died. She, I saw the autopsy. She um, died of an infectious, uh, a virus that causes a type of cancer. And other animals in the same building with her that were not clones got the same uh, disease. Oh, poor Dolly. Yeah, I know. So finally, in the lightning round, is there anybody? Yeah, yeah thank you, yeah. Corey. Is there anybody you'd want to bring back to life? Oh, the Beatles. Ah, there you go. All four of them. Yeah. With, I, I think two of them are still around. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> With their life Although, experience. Although, if, if you could get a, a younger version of Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, that would probably be, I mean, I'm guessing that would be better. Yeah, They'd be well. more energetic. Yeah, sure. So, thank you so much. Our guest today has been Dr. Michael West, who is uh, working to keep us all from getting old. I'm Bill Nye. I'm Corey S. Powell. And remember, when it comes to the regeneration part of our universe, science, science rules. rules. And if you like Science Rules, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out and helps other people learn about the show. So thank you. And be sure to look at my socials, my social media outlets, uh, for when to call into the show. And uh, I'm at Bill Nye on, on everything, the Twitter, the, the Gram, and all that. And meanwhile, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, Give us a call at 201-472-0785, 201-472-0785. And Science Rules is produced by Jordan Bell and Corey S. Powell, shown here, with extra production from our own Lisa Wang. Our engineer today is Casey Halford, mixing an original theme music also by Casey Halford. And special thanks to Claire Rawlinson and Ashley Warren. Chris Bannon is the CCO the chief content officer of Stitcher. And at Stitcher, Corey... What happens? Science rules. Ah. Stitcher. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.